Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. And I'm also the author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life. And today, my guest is George Ackerman. Welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you for your time, and thank you to all your viewers as well. Yes, so George Ackerman is a lawyer, police officer, and PhD, but above all else, he is Sharon's son. He started to gather for Sharon with his family for the purpose of keeping his mother, Sharon Riff Ackerman's memory alive to share the message of Parkinson's awareness and hope for a cure. So you have done so many things in your life <laughs> so far. Thanks, so yes. I always think I have a lot more to learn from everyone I meet. So it doesn't matter how many degrees I have, I always meet some inspiring people, especially in the Parkinson's community. Yeah. So why don't you start out by just telling us about you and how you went through this journey? Yeah, I've always had a passion for victims of crime or helping other individuals in my life. So I decided to pursue a legal career in criminal justice field. I still had a big passion to help victims. Uh, unfortunately, again, I don't talk a lot about me because I'm here more from uh, Parkinson's and my mother, but I decided to then kind of uh, go into the field in law enforcement because again, felt I could make more of an impact on helping victims of crime. But unfortunately, you just have too many calls and in the legal field, too many uh, individual cases in the prosecutor's office. So I decided to do a PhD and uh, luckily in a way, but sadly in another, I was able to work with a group of uh, African-American mothers who lost their loved ones due to a crime and specifically a homicide in West Palm Beach, Florida. So I do a lot of my research on aiding the family members of victims, because a lot of the time, criminal justice field, they really forget the victims. There's just not enough resources. Kind of is almost similar in Parkinson's where we need more awareness, which maybe that's why I had a kind of, a, not a knack, but a passion. And that's where I find myself today is really any time I get, if there is time I dedicate. And some nights I don't sleep thinking about my mother and thinking about all those who still are fighting with this disease uh, and also uh, trying to keep the hope alive that one day we will have a cure. Even if it's uh, too late for my family and my mother, it's never gonna be too late for those who are still battling. And I feel that it's uh, my duty to never give up uh, until we have a cure. Wow, that's quite a passion. So just going back to the um, helping the families that are victims, um, what resources are available for them at this point? Are there some? Yeah, unfortunately, my study was going to be on the different portions of the field, whether corrections, the courts, or uh, policing. But on policing, you just, again, you have so many calls, you usually hand a pamphlet and that's it. In prosecution, they do have services, but if you take a certain, like my county, could be 3 million individuals and there's only a few victims advocates. So there's really something unfortunately wrong with the system. And it's just a lot, unfortunately, about funding. There's just not enough. And now you can see with the climate in the country, which could be another podcast, uh, it's just a lot of cuts now, cuts, cuts, cuts. But when you do that, the victims are forgotten even more. So I think we've taken a very sad step backwards, uh, at least in terms of aid for victims and even response to crimes and things. If you see the news and go up. I recommend people really do ride-alongs because then you, you don't need to rely on outside sources like the news. You can literally go uh, yourself and see what it's like. But, you know, again, that's a whole nother story for another time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, yes. 
So, and now you're actually a professor and yeah, what are you teaching now? I teach criminal justice. I've been doing it for 18 years. It's really uh, my love. Uh, that's because again, you might have a lot of degrees. I have several, but I still feel I have a lot to learn. And the great thing is when you teach, you, you, you don't maybe just touch individuals lives, but you also are touched by those students. So, I mean, I can't do everything in my career, in my opinion, and work-wise is over. Uh, I teach and I love that I was able to work in the field, but now I get to live through all the students. So if you have 20 students, some of them may end up in federal agencies, uh, local, uh, even victims advocates. So it's really incredible when you hear about what they're doing and then you kind of feel like you are a part of that. Yeah. So tell me about um, your family and your family life, you know, before all the Parkinson's started. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you grow up, you know, the kind of the things you guys enjoy together. It sounds sad, but unfortunately, my mother was like my best friend growing up. uh, You can call me a mama's boy. I don't I'm proud of it, but I had an unusual relationship where I would call my mother, you know, several times a day. We always touch base. We always lived close. I went to school locally in college. So I lived at home for a long time. Even when I moved out to go to law school, always visited weekends, but we were very, very close. Uh, couldn't imagine a holiday or, you know, birthday that we weren't all together. And it was uh, amazing. Even if sometimes we argued over what food to eat or uh, some funny old memories, my mother would always tell stories. Uh, I have three children. So her favorite time in the world was spending her time with her grandkids and we actually purchased a little home nearby only only a community put a with a little teeny lake and I always dreamt for 10 years she would be able to relax in the outside and with the grandkids but unfortunately we don't know why but the last year which was around 1999 the disease just accelerated stage five and within a year it was something uh, her last seven days of her life or something that I would never want anyone to experience whether you're the caretaker or the uh, Parkinson's uh, patient. So how old was she when this Parkinson's disease started? When she passed, she was only 69, which is extremely young. And she might've had it for about 15 years. But to be honest, when you're younger, uh, you know, I didn't really know much about the disease. I know that she had stiffness in her left arm, which didn't complicate her life. She was very independent. She lived alone. She didn't really need to rely on anyone. She was able to do her banking and live a regular life, drive the car, shopping. So unfortunately, I'd say five years before 99 is when it started kind of uh, getting worse. We took her to about, I'd say, 15 to 20 doctors, but weren't able to really come with any you know, cure or conclusions. And they do say some individuals uh, can live you know, past 90 or even with Parkinson's, but my mother... Uh, passed away at 69. She had no other medical condition. Parkinson's, unfortunately, also causes other issues. And again, I'm not a medical doctor. I never claimed to be. I'm a doctor of uh, uh, philosophy, so it's in criminal justice. So when I'm doing this, I always tell everyone, again, I'm just speaking as a son and a caregiver, not as a medical doctor. A lot of them do claim that you don't die from Parkinson's, which I disagree because, again, we've went to twin, uh, 15, 10 doctors and not one of them said she had anything else but Parkinson's, but you can have other symptoms. Uh, you know, she had gained dementia, which was really upsetting because one day I recall she was with my daughter. We were in her room and this was during the last year of her life and she was hugging a, a, a towel or a bedsheet and calling the bedsheet my daughter's name because she just didn't know 
at that point, you know, she had delusions and things. And it's very frustrating because she had to go on uh, long-term hospice, which is rare. It's a new thing they're offering because we couldn't handle the nurses and the, she had to have 24 seven care because she, some nights she didn't sleep and it was costing $12,000 a month. So this disease is uh, not a, something that everyone can even, uh, you know, handle due to finances. Uh, but uh, it was just uh, very tough. The one, she went for, a, again, saw me anytime, but she was, you know, kind of doing worse the year before she passed. So we decided, or she decided she would go to University of Florida. I won't name doctors and things, but she was going to go in one of the studies. She went there one night and she they changed her medicines, like Simonet and some of the things, again, medical terms, drugs she took. The day she came back, she ended up at 2 a.m. moving her furniture out in the middle of the street. Oh. And I rushed out and I got a call from my father who was in New York. And uh, I got there, I was in shock that she thought there were uh, Nazis in her home trying to hurt her. But she was moving all her furniture out at 2 a.m. I didn't know what to do because I never, I might be in law enforcement, but you're not, you know, I was never trained for this. And uh, I think what happened is she had a urine uh, UTI. And I guess that comes with a lot of these symptoms. And I rushed her to the hospital. They helped her. And then they said she probably would have passed away that night if we didn't, you know, get her to the hospital. But it was causing delusions. And when I brought her to the hospital, I remember one time, and I'll get more you know, better stories. This is kind of sad. But as I, the one night I'll never forget, which was sad, is after she was in the hospital, I went back to get some of her things. And I found little, uh, you know, the post-it notes you know, the, like these, you know, regular post-it notes. And uh, they were all around her room. And they said, like, Paul is not really here. So she actually was writing down uh, names of people she thought were in the room that were not in our state or some not with us. So it was just, that's what's kind of the signs that you notice that, you know, with Parkinson's, the, the dementia also signs and uh, unfortunate delusions and things that no one really uh, is capable of taking care of. Right. And actually, I was going to ask you that question. So let's say someone thinks uh, their family member might have Parkinson's. What's the early signs, the ones that are kind of hard to detect, but if you pay attention, you'll notice them? Some have, uh, you know, the shaking. If you look, unfortunately, Michael J. Fox is a great spokesperson for Parkinson's disease. He actually has a movie next Friday. I'm really excited. It's the first one in my, uh, in my lifetime that they made concentrating on his life, but specifically for Parkinson's and that really helps with awareness. Mm -hmm. Also, if you go to my website, togetherforsharon.com, you can see that we just add a little scrolling, uh, a little icon uh, and it says, uh, and Parkinson's disease. Finally, this uh, last month I was able to, it was an honor to work with the Michael J. Fox Foundation myself. I spoke with a local Congresswoman uh, and gave a three minute speech, which I actually recorded put on the website and it's really just trying to ask the government federal for more resources. And we, I think it was passed. It's still going on you know, through the Senate and uh, Congress, uh, but it was a, the first big bill federal that's going to try to request more funding for Parkinson's awareness. And it's called the end Parkinson's disease act. So it's really, a, we're, ma we're making huge ground. There was also a huge study a week ago with blockers, again, it's much more medical, you'd have to look up, but it's now uh, incredible that they might be able, thanks to the Mar uh, Michael J. Fox Foundation and research, and we donate and also fundraise for them and other organizations, they might be able to take fluid from a spine, 
of an individual and tell you or that person if they might have Parkinson's and maybe be able to treat it before it's too late. So we're making huge ground. Uh, and again, I recommend, I don't get anything from it. the movies out next Friday, I believe on Apple TV, but it, I believe it's called, uh, if you look at Michael J. Fox, you'll find it. Not called, uh, I, I'm uh, forgetting right now. It'll come to me. But, uh, you know, that's, we need things like this. Uh, last thing is, last Friday night, my wife and I were really honored that we were able to go to the Boca Raton Florida Ballet, and they had a special program. I don't know if you saw, I put it on our website, and we have Facebook and Instagram. We use all the social media. But it was uh, Parkinson's Ballet, so they actually had individuals who were suffering from Parkinson's disease. But they, the main goal of Parkinson's is to keep moving. That's a big thing. We have moving day. We have, because it's really scientifically shown that if individuals with Parkinson's keep moving, keep exercising, that it helps to uh, fight. And also mentally, not just uh, physically, mentally helps. So uh, it was incredible to see individuals, you know, uh, there were young girls who have done it their whole life doing the ballet with the individual Parkinson's. They're just so inspiring, beautiful, we also donated to that organization, but there's some incredible people and things out there. The big problem I still see, that's why I wanted to meet with you today, is really awareness. And I think it's a, I sit many nights trying to think what, what can I you know, do and what can I get involved with. Actually, uh, Florida Atlantic University, one of the big universities, has a, a lot of programs I'm going to actually attend. It's a, move, a movement type lecture next month. And also they have Tai Chi, which is a form of exercise and karate i'm not going to participate but i'm going to do stories on them so i've been trying to do more a lot of local things and we put them on my website but then we share it everywhere and same thing with this podcast because i want to promote us all i think what you're doing is incredible giving us an opportunity to just talk means the world and it's uh i i'll get through our uh, discussion but for some reason some of these are really tough still emotionally for me personally uh, in a way i'm coping too by doing these, but it's, I miss my mother. I'd rather not, <laughs> I'd love to meet everyone and do this, but I'd rather not. I wish I could say we had a cure and I didn't have to do this, but we don't, and she's not with us. So I fight and I continue to, and these are bands. This is another, I don't know if you can see, but we give these out for free around the country. We, it, it kind of went viral. Now this, this started a few years ago and my mother suddenly passed. We didn't know what to do. I'm the kind of person I like to give someone something to remember. And uh, we thought we'd have like a few people at the funeral. For some reason we had a huge, it was beautiful, like, you know, 50 people to support her and me. And uh, my, uh, at that time, my sister, my brother-in-law, he wasn't my brother-in-law, but he actually put this on and took a picture of just his arm, not his face. And I thought in my head, I'm like, hey, that's a really interesting concept putting because people want privacy they don't want their picture and their face everywhere mm -hmm. on the internet but it was just a hand and it was so powerful and it was the band and it said you know it says together for sharon says parkinson's awareness and her name in memory of sharon ackerman so for some reason i decided to uh, put it online all of a sudden i was starting getting like bump, um, hundreds and hundreds of people doing the same thing and it was so touching and it still continues today we even had Willie Geist from uh, his wife, Christina, who wore one and said she just happened to see it. And she went running that day in memory with my mother's band uh, or believe she's, you know, so and he's uh, the NBC host, I believe. Uh, so it went national, like today's show and just incredible. We had to cut back because I was paying for all. Of them. So uh, you know, I'm going to send you one if your viewers would like them. But 
that's kind of the, the incredible support. You know, it's not like politics. There's really no argument here. We all want to end Parkinson's. There's no ifs and there's no, there's a good reason to bet. You know, we're all just in it together. And uh, again, I, I do a lot of walks and events and it's just uh, inspiring when a couple comes up to me and one might have Parkinson's and they start crying and, you know, thanking us just for being there. Because again, uh, I might not know them. I might not be their relative, but I am out there uh, advocating for them. So you've mentioned the website several times. Why don't you tell people what the website Thanks. is? Yeah, I mean, we uh, wanted to share my mother's memory. By oh, no, story. no. I mean, what's the website? What's the oh, that's <laughs> easy. I'll just write there. <laughs> just www.togetherforsharon.com. I don't know well, if it's that Togetherforsharon.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was just some, my wife's idea. And uh, I just thought it was going to be something quick and never looked at again. But it just turned into something special. And what I, I really enjoy is, uh, again, the local. And uh, I have a lot of uh, interviews coming up. I like to do more of the old school. I used to be like a, a writer in college in the newspaper. I don't do podcasts because it's uh, I love podcasts, but they're a lot more complicated, as you know, mm -hmm. and timing and things. So I usually I'll call someone for 10 minutes, do a little interview. A lot of the questions are the same because it's the same information I want. And uh, I did three so far. One was with the head of the Florida Atlantic University College of Medicine, who runs programs for Parkinson's. One was an incredible individual, and she does a rock study. It's a boxing class for individuals with Parkinson's disease. And then I did one with the Boca Ballet and uh, their program. So I really just look for programs local that I think need attention. Even the ballet we went to only had about 50 people. We're in a Boca Raton, Florida, which it's you know it's sad that more and there's a lot of people Palm Beach, uh, Palm Beach County who have Parkinson's and need more events. And we actually uh, because of the Parkinson's Foundation, I'm uh, actually now I'm on the board. I'm trying to help more with the uh, you know bigger organizations nationally. And they taught me in a meeting just that's how incredible it is. If you just meet other people and start talking, I learned about an individual Parkinson's and he went to his city. And they declared their city uh, Parkinson for Parkinson's awareness. So it gave me the idea. And I wrote to the mayor of Boca Raton and he proclaimed Boca Raton for April of Parkinson's Disease Awareness Month in memory of my mother. And we put that proclamation on the website. So uh, just uh, incredible things out there. You just have to you know, learn about them. And my goal with our website is to really provide information. It, it doesn't, we don't accept any uh, uh, donations, anything donated goes right to either the Parkinson's Foundation, the American Parkinson's Disease Association, or the Michael J. Fox Foundation. We've raised about $15,000 in just three years. It's not easy because obviously a lot of individuals need help financially, but it's, you know, at my own family, it does donate a lot. And the main thing is we hope, you know, it's being used properly and for more programs. So um, what advice do you have for families who have someone with Parkinson's as far as like, activities for that person like you talked about keep moving um what things can the family members do to support this person going through this yeah, um, sadly with covid uh it kind of ruined live events but in a good way it brought us all together virtually so if you go online to various associations and if you look again at our website and you know, there's a website uh, there's a link to partnerships so show multiple organizations, they do a lot of events. So individuals could join together on a virtual event if they can't get out, it's incredible. 
and uh, we move. I even have a video, you know, my wife and I are doing exercises and, and you're on live, you know, with people around the country and they're all doing it. So it's called moving day mm -hmm. once a year. Uh, then there's, there's other optimism walk that the American Parkinson's disease association does where we have, uh, they have speakers for so the medical professionals, but there's a lot of things out there. They just have to really, uh, come to our website because it kind of makes it a little clear. Uh, again, I don't give medical advice that uh, didn't work out for us in my family. We really just couldn't find the right, we tried everything. Like if you wanna, uh, I don't wanna get too complicated into it, but we tried doctors, we tried therapy, we tried, we had music therapy. I actually got to play with the music therapist the week before my mother passed away. So if you go to the website on the, scroll down to the bottom, we posted the video of the uh, music therapist and me playing my mother's favorite song, Memory, from the Broadway show Cats. My mother and I went to see that on Broadway in New York when we were, I was a kid. We're from New York originally. And uh, that was the last time my mother ever was able to speak and she said she loved it. So we, like, thank God I took the video. We, I didn't do a lot of video when she was sick because, you know, just videos you don't want to see her. I did document her bad downward progression for the last year and I have them but I only save them in case medical individuals ever need to study, you know, for the future, but I don't share that stuff because it's, uh, I don't think it's how she wanted to be remembered. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So, you know, and you had said um, in the bio that you sent me that, you know, a lot of times people going through this, they feel so alone, you know, they feel so alone. How, how do you combat that? What resources do we have for that? And the, the sad thing with that is that a lot of it does depend on family. And some individuals don't even have family located locally. Uh, my mother was divorced, so my father was not uh, there, unfortunately, in a different location in New York. Uh, the nurses used to joke with me because they said they couldn't believe how close I was with my mother because there wasn't a day or a minute I didn't you know, make sure I was there for her. Uh, there are support services. We went through several, you know, companies for nursing, nursing aids. We had a big problem with the aids because a lot of them just were regular like comfort aids and they weren't trained for individual Parkinson's. They did some weird stuff that I had to actually, because I'm a police officer, I installed video cameras throughout the home. And that's another problem is my mother, because of the delusions and a lot of the effects of Parkinson's thought they were harming her. So we had to, you know, I always believe my mother, but at that point, is getting worse so we didn't even know what to believe so we put those in and actually i caught one of the uh, uh caretakers uh, my mother was yelling for help at night and uh, they didn't even respond so those are the really sad things that happen i imagine the homes are even uh, worse but again if you if that's just why you you know you have to be able to afford certain things which is not always reasonable uh, but they the biggest support was well, unfortunately some of the bigger foundations have no presence here in my area, unfortunately. So they didn't come to support us. They do have 800 numbers, but uh, American Parkinson's Disease Foundation actually sent a representative. They came over and they were very supportive. But it, besides offering programs like the boxing and things, since she was already getting too sick, there's really not much you know that they could offer. So unfortunately, every I always say with Parkinson's that I have my views, my experiences. Other people have their views and their experiences. So it is very different disease. I mean, someone could live to 90 with Parkinson's and pass from something else. Others, like my mother, lived only till 69, had no other illness. Uh, same, so it affects individuals differently. Uh, 
And the last note is that she went from that one year in 99, passed the, it was odd, she passed 1 1 uh, 20, uh, you know, right before the uh, new year. And she luckily missed COVID and how the craziness and law enforcement and uh, mm -hmm. all that. But uh, she, so she went from, you know, being able to be alone, live alone, to having caretakers, to not really being able to walk, to going to the wheelchair, to a walker. And then you know, she's getting very skinny. Her health is declining, and she was a very good eater. So I would buy Publix or you know shop for her. Anything she wanted, she got. I even bought her big chocolate cakes. <laughs> at that point, at that point, you know, you want them to the person to enjoy their life. They're not going to have diet thing, but anything we did and every doctor we saw just really couldn't help. They did give medicines. Uh, I remember after I passed, I had to clean out her home, and she had garbage bags of medicine. So I'm not. Again, a doctor, but some of the stuff I think is a big problem. Uh, you know, just taking medicine, medicine, medicine. That's one issue I wish I could have fixed. But you're trusting, you know, the medical doctors. You're not really. And then when you go home, you're not. You, my mother couldn't take the medicine, so we had nurses giving it. So you don't even know if they're giving it properly in the right times. We had medical books filled, like this huge of what times and this and then, and you know, you just yeah, it's almost it's more than a full time job. And then on top of that, I had a family. I had my own several full-time jobs, so some it takes a certain type of person. I'm not saying I'm great or anything, but you have to give up your life. You have to give up sleep, and you have to you know be there for your loved one. Because you know, I'm glad I was able to do everything. I always look at life like uh, I never want any regrets. So I never wanted to look back and say, "Oh, what if I could have done this?" It was really honestly nothing left. I actually bought this pin. I don't know if you viewers can see. Uh -huh. but and I wear it everywhere I go. It's a, the tulip for Parkinson's. It says PD, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, everywhere I have a keychain. I have, uh, you know, anywhere I go, I think of my mother 24 7, even today. And there are some nights I still don't sleep just thinking if there would have been something else I could have done. And in reality, there isn't still today, uh, you know. But the last year, finally, she was so bad that in a selfish way, we were, uh, you know, glad she didn't keep having to suffer. Uh, so I, and I was, uh, you know, towards the, the last seven days of her life, she didn't really move. She didn't speak or eat or anything. She just lay there and was, you know, you could see her chest rising and there's no, you know, death with dignity act in the state of Florida, which is another podcast we could have, but mm -hmm. so we just had, we couldn't do anything. It was really the worst uh, seven days of my life. Let's try, I'll try and get more positive. After that, but, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you for sharing all these uh, things with us about your journey. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you have that website where people can go and get some resources. Cause just like you said, you know, th there's nothing easy about going through that. Not one bit of it's easy. So it's kind of hard to be positive about it when it's all so painful. So thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that and not only doing that but going a step further and providing resources for other people thanks yeah i mean uh, like i said i always try and keep improving it the nice thing is i'm not the biggest technical person but we have a company that helps so i post like you probably have seen like several times a day and the website's attached to instagram so it's pretty cool technology that if you go to the bottom of our page it's always constantly updating brand new 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 there's always our uh, bella is our little yellow uh Golden Labradoodle, uh -huh. <laughs> that's our mascot. So you know, people like the pets. Uh, my mother never got to meet her, but she would have loved her. 
My mother, my mother loved animals, loved uh, just spending time with the kids. She loved movies, she loved Broadway. She loved Kenny G, Michael Bolton, and Barry Manilow. I, I had to listen to them. I loved them. <laughs> I, we actually just bought a record player and that's all we listened to. But, uh, you know, we, we try and keep her memory alive, not just through Parkinson, but I tell them I have three children. My oldest is uh, Brooke, my daughter. She mm-hmm. loved my mother. They were all very, very close. My mother used to help her with homework. And my middle uh, boy is Joshua. He also loved her. But my youngest, Eli, met her as a baby, so he'll never really have any memory. So we try to just t- talk about her a lot. And after, you know, after she passed, it was tough because it was literally right during the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, and we left a chair for her. But it was uh, not easy. Her uh, She was buried only like 10 minutes away, so I do go back to visit a lot. But, you know, it's just part of life. And my dream is one day that my at least my daughter Brooke or my kids will continue this on and then their kids. So we'll see how it goes. And if I had more time and end up retiring someday, I would like to turn this into a foundation, but uh, I'm not really looking for, I would have loved to maybe one day give like a donate or a de- fundraising for future, you know, medical students who want to research neurology and Parkinson's or build something in her name. So there's always things in the future I think about, but for now, my goal is to keep active in the community and, and meet amazing people like you who really, without, we would never be able to share what we're doing. Well, thank you. So at this point in the podcast, I asked people kind of a personal question. So what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? I guess family. Uh, that's why we do everything we do. I work seven days a week and some days it's tough, but I do it for them. So unfortunately when I pass that they won't have to work as hard as I did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this helps me a lot because again, I'm, I always think, my, well, we, we bought a home and we had a room, which we were actually moving my mother into with us. She was going to live in our home. Mm-hmm. But now that room always, uh, not just a homey, but I always think about how she should have been with us. She should have been at the, you know, for 10 more years, at least or 20, uh, you know, enjoying the backyard again, the pool and the kids. But mm-hmm. what makes me happiest is knowing that we're making an impact mm-hmm. and that uh, people are meeting me, but, you know, with the bands, I mean, we pass out at least four or 5,000 around the country. I mean, we even have someone in Canada thank me. Some, and you know, what's shocking is I didn't, you don't realize it, maybe not you, but others, Parkinson's is around the world. It's very sad. We might only have a million people in the U.S., which is, might seem like it's not big, but I mean, there's a, there's a. I work with individuals from Australia, Parkinson's, uh, Canada, Parkinson's. Uh, all I mean, it's, I think every single country is still is fighting this. And as a United States, we should be leading the way, you know, on this. But it's uh, very hard, and again, it's not as much funding. But again, the last uh, what keeps me going is. Uh, knowing that if we could even impact one family or one person to know that I'm out there, you know, fighting for them, even though they don't know me, then that makes my, uh, my heart and my life uh, well, well worth. And I tell people I meet, uh, I mentioned earlier, we were at a Parkinson's foundation walk, which I, I get so excited. It's only once a year. They have, diff- they have that one and they have another group has one. I have a little table and the only one they're not selling, you know, drugs <laughs> or selling any no chairs. I just sit there and I hand out bands. I stand, I tell, tell stories about my mother and I listen to the other individuals who have it. And we all hug and some, some of us all cry together, but it's so uh, amazing being with people like that or being at the ballet the other day. And 
because it's just inspiring how these individuals are still fighting no matter what. And uh, it's really like a sense of community. I love them all, even if I don't know them. And uh, I want them to down there for them too. I just wish we had more things. Like I dreamt of a gala maybe. So I see all these, you know, people having galas and this and that. I like to have just much, much more for Parkinson, but I'm, I always end things or always from my website. I'm only one person, I'm only one son uh, who loved their mother uh, dearly, but there's not only so much I can do. I definitely will keep fighting and keep trying, but I wish I could have more in South Florida. That's my dream. <laughs> I don't know. Like I would like Michael J. Fox Foundation to come to our area, but I don't know what it is or why they just they haven't. And it's again Boca Raton, Florida, or Palm Beach County. If you look online, it's one of the retirement areas in the world and our country. So you'd think that we'd have a lot more happening. But besides a, a walk a year, a few great lectures, and uh, maybe uh, you know local people trying hard, it's just not enough. I want we need more. Got it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing all this with us. And I have one last question for you that I ask everyone, and that is, what is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Yeah, I think the, my goals have always been being a moral, ethical, and honest person. I've lost jobs where I saw things that weren't ethical or honest, because you have to look in the mirror at the end of the day, give to others and fight for others. I think that's really the moral of my life, uh, whether it's in criminal justice for victims or Parkinson's for individuals. You, you know, I, I don't do any of this for money. I don't do it for myself. I really just love helping people in college. I had some funny certificate that I had like thousands and thousands of volunteer hours. But I uh, just I think when you help others, you're making a great positive impact on the community. And in turn, it'll help uh, you know other people. And like I always say, if you just help one person, Maybe that person could help two others, and then it just kind of, uh, you know, goes on and on and on. So I think that's the main thing. If I ever left a legacy or anything, it's uh, just support others and you know fight for what you believe, as long as it's for good reasons. And you know, I just uh, I like I love podcasts. I love meeting individuals like you, and and I'm going to share this around the world forever till I can, and just. Uh, this is a very important podcast, not because I'm here, but because it can be shared over and over. There's no time, date, or expiration on what we're doing until we have a cure. And I like a lot of the big agencies. They always say we're going to be here till Parkinson's is not. So I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that, too. Thank you so much, George, for being on the podcast. No problem. It's been an honor and pleasure. And thank you and all your listeners. You're all doing incredible things. Thank you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.